Hi, I'm Gordon. And I'm Fiona. We're from Gate Church International in Dundee, Scotland, and we'd like to welcome you to this week's podcast. Our goal here is growing people to bring Christ into our communities and to see you get connected with God, His people, and His purpose. We hope this message inspires you in your faith journey. Thank you. We're singing, oh, glorious day, and it's still a glorious day, and every moment's a glorious day in Jesus. It's wonderful. And if you're here today and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, my sense in the Holy Spirit is it's a word of comfort for you in Christ. You know, the Beatitudes say, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. The wonderful thing about the Christian gospel and about Jesus is that He comforts hearts. He comforts hearts. And there are different needs here today. There are different aches and, 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 and anguish and you know, sometimes we cry inside, don't we? And we, we're just crying in our spirits. But the, the wonderful thing is that, that there is one who understands that. And I, I just feel to tell you today that the Lord Jesus, who Gordon referred to the fact, you know, I became a Christian and I was younger. And, you know, many people in this room have become Christians and have come to trust the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. And as you walk with the Lord Jesus, He stays with you through every situation in your life. We sang in that chorus about one being in the fire with us. And life, you know, brings difficulties and problems. It brings bereavement. It brings sickness. It brings uh, heartache with our families. It, life can bring a lot of sorrow. And incidentally, we never read it. When you read the Scriptures, I want to tell you, when, when you read the Scriptures, we don't read too much about Jesus laughing. We don't read too much. About, I know we like to laugh, and it's good to laugh, and people say laughter's the best medicine. And to a certain extent about human life, that's true, and it's good to laugh, it's good to be joyful, but we don't hear of Jesus laughing because Jesus looked upon this, the, the issues of life. Now, if you're going through a difficult situation today and you're here and, 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 and I don't know who you are or what you're going through, but you, you can maybe be going through a situation and you might put a laugh on, you know, you might laugh for the crowd, but really inside you're crying. And I just want to tell you that Jesus knows that. Jesus knows that. You know, we, we, we were singing this chorus about, about coming, calling forth from the grave in the glorious days. I can't remember all the words because I'm not in the praise and worship band, but they uh, it's to do with the, the liberty and the freedom and the, the bondages and that being set aside. And my, this, my, my heart just went to John chapter 11 where Jesus raises a man from the dead, Lazarus, and he wept over the grave of Lazarus. He wept because when Jesus looked upon that situation, and by the way, there were people there in John chapter 11, Martha and Mary, and he loved them. And my message in the Holy Spirit for you today is that, that Jesus loves you. Wh whoever you are, Jesus loves you with a love that, you know, you cannot imagine, with a love that I can fail to really understand. I, I can say it in the Spirit, but Jesus loves you with a, a love that's greater than my words can express. And I think you need to know that today, that in the Word of God, this is a message of love for you today. You need to know that. There's maybe somebody here today and you've, you've 
you've maybe read the Bible before in the past, but maybe you've never read the Bible. Well, I just feel like saying in the Spirit today that this is a message for you. This book from Genesis to Revelation is a message of the fa- God the Father's heart for you and His love for you, and also love for the people of God. We need to sometimes just remind ourselves of the fact that, you know, He's loved us with an everlasting love. And yes, there are times where you know, Fiona's praying about being in the furnace, and you need to know that He is with you. Well, on the authority of the Word of God, we declare that He is with us through every circumstance in life. I guess I, I need to pray, Lord, I, I just praise You and worship You today, and Lord, I just cast myself totally upon you and upon your word. I just pray, Lord, that you will be glorified here today. And I believe by faith, Lord, that you have a message for the people of God. I believe by faith, Lord, that you have a message for someone here who does not know Christ. And I pray, Lord, that that will be a message of comfort, a message of hope, a message of healing, a message of joy in the midst of sorrow, a message of freedom where the things of life just put us in bondage, where the grave clothes just, Lord, the, the, the things of life are like grave clothes that just restrict us and we need to be set free, Lord. The, the things of death and the, the negativity about life and the effects of the curse because of the fall of Adam, we need to know that the Lord Jesus Christ has set us free. And I pray, Lord, that through the Holy Spirit, you will just open up your word. And I pray, Lord, that you'll be glorified here today. And Lord, that you will speak your word deep into someone's heart, deep into all our hearts. Lord, that you open up our hearts to, to understand your word. And I pray that Christ will be formed in us by faith. Lord, that is my desire for Christ to be formed in the hearts of the people by faith that the Word of God would dwell in them richly, that the Holy Spirit would take the Word and make Christ real to them. So I pray, Lord, that you will be glorified, and we just declare and speak into the heavenly realms, Jesus Christ is the Son of God. There is no greater name. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. We declare that into the heavenly realms, and that will silence the work of the enemy because we have a mighty, mighty Savior who is none other than God manifest in the flesh. And we believe, Lord, in the presence of the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, who can move from heart to heart, person to person, and can speak in that still small voice, can produce emotional healing, can produce physical healing, can produce words of comfort in the midst of sorrow, can give people hope in the time of despair, can give people victory when they're sensing failure. Lord, you can do all these things, Lord. And Lord, when I, when I stand here, Lord, I stand as like dust and ashes. I stand like as a vessel of clay and Lord, the excellency is not of me, but the, the Spirit of God is within me. And I just, Lord, proclaim and declare that the power and the excellency is not of me, O oh God. I'm a sinner saved by grace. I, I'm not worthy, Lord, to preach your word. I'm not worthy of your salvation. Who is sufficient for these things? These things are too wonderful for me. And so, Lord, I cast myself on you 
and the Holy Spirit. And I pray, Lord, that you will be glorified in all that is said and all that is done, that nothing of the flesh will be spoken, but only that in the Spirit, and that your Holy Spirit will do a work of grace and salvation in the hearts of the people here. So it was going to be Matthew 5, but I want to look at a verse in Job that has really uh, impacted me recently. And um, the story of Job, and I haven't prepared this, so you're going to have to just kind of um, be patient and show loving kindness to the preacher this morning. Um, But I'm just going to go with this just now, and I may well move on to Matthew 5 as the Spirit leads. But Job was a man, a man in the Bible who had great suffering. He was a man who loved God. And, you know, he's a man who knew God. I want to tell you here today that it's possible to know God. Isn't that amazing? That uh, God, the Creator, who is so almighty and so powerful, one who is sovereign, the Bible tells us, one who is glorious, one who is on the throne, one who is so powerful, one who is omniscient, that means He knows every thought that's going through your head just now. Isn't that amazing? God knows every thought of everyone who has ever lived whoever will live, and he knows, he's got every single thought recorded, and he's omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time, and he's omnipotent. It means he's powerful, and that means he's able to speak into your life, heal your situation, give you hope, release you from sin, because the Bible tells us that we've wandered far from God because of the first man, Adam. The Word of God tells me that the first man, Adam, rebelled against God and sin entered the world, and that's why death came. Death came because of sin. The Bible tells me that the wages of sin is death, but the good news is the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And there are people in this room, if you're here today and you don't know Christ, you need to know that there are people in this room who have received the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, and they're living testimonies to the fact that God is alive, that Christ is alive, that Christ has risen from the dead, and they know Jesus. And that's the wonderful thing about the message of the Bible, is that God can be known. And God is your creator, so I say to you today, why would you not want to know Him? Why would you not want to know the God who created you, the God who understands you, the God who knows your thoughts. The psalmist says, your thoughts to me are, are more precious. Your thoughts are very precious towards me. In Psalm 139, David rejoiced that God's thoughts were precious towards him. And I want to tell you today that you're precious to God. You're precious to God. You need to know that today. You maybe come here not knowing anything about church, not knowing anything about the Bible, not knowing anything about God, but you need to know that you're precious in the sight of God. You're so precious that God gave His Son to die on the cross for you. That's how precious you are. God gave His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for my sin and your sin, and the judgment of God fell upon Him. God's wrath and judgment for sin was poured out upon Him. And the message of the gospel is, if you look to the cross and believe that God's loved you so much that He gave His Son for you, if you look by faith to the cross, you can receive forgiveness. You can receive peace. And I believe you want peace today. I believe you want peace. I believe we all seek for peace. I believe today the world wants peace and the world doesn't know how to find peace. Because I want to tell you an authoritative scripture that when you read the Bible and you read about peace, peace is always linked with righteousness. 
Righteousness and peace go together. You can't have peace without righteousness. And the problem with the world and the politicians today is they're trying to create a pseudo or a false peace without Christ. The world is still rejecting Christ. The leaders of the world are still rejecting Christ. And they're trying to set up a world government as an antichrist against God because they're rejecting the message of this word. World religion is rejecting the message of this world. This this word. And that's a challenge in thought. So they're trying to set up a kind of a counterfeit peace, or it sometimes comes to the point where in the, in the Second World War or in modern, uh, you know, modern nuclear warfare or chemical warfare, it comes to the point that, you know, if one side has so, so much munitions or arms and another country has so much, then there won't, there's kind of a peace based on the fact that you know, they've both got mutually the same level of armament. So that the world works in these sort of terms, p- political peace. But the, but the world, the world will not find peace because the problem is within the heart of man. The problem is within the heart of man. And I want to tell you that Jesus Christ is the answer to that problem. Jesus Christ can give you peace. Jesus says, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, giveth unto you. My peace I give. Jesus wants to give you his peace. Jesus wants to give believers as well his peace, you know, that are going through difficult things. Uh, you know, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Acquaint yourself with him and be at peace. Acquaint yourself with God. Believers, spend time with God. Spend time with God. If you spend time with God and acknowledge His presence, you will know the peace that passes all understanding. But if you're here today and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to make your peace with God because God is righteous and holy, and the Word of God tells me that God will judge sin. God is offended by sin, And God is angry every day because people have rejected His gospel. That's why the Apostle Paul said, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men to be reconciled to God. The the message of the Apostle Paul was to people, listen, you need to make your peace with God. The evangelist Billy Graham wrote a book called Peace with God, and he preached that kind of message. Make your peace with God. Get right with God. Before you leave here today, don't leave here today before you've made your peace with God. You know, the, the problem with nations and like the G12, the summits and all the rest of it, and I'm not really much up in politics, but a lot of the meetings that go on, you know, they're, they're trying, they kind of offend one another and they fall out and it's very difficult for them because people, people fall out with one another because of sin. This is the reason that two people fall out. It's because of sin. This is the reason that marriages break up. It's because of sin. This is the reason that relationships break up. It's because of sin. This is the reason that nation rises against nation. It's because of sin. And God has the answer. It's the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus has made peace by the blood of his cross. Jesus has made peace by the blood of his cross. And you can receive that peace today. You can receive that peace. Jesus stood at the grave of of Lazarus, and he, in John chapter 11, you know, Martha and Mary loved the Lord Jesus Christ and wondered why he delayed in coming and, and, you know, kind of wondered um, why why there wasn't a kind of an answer to to their prayers. 
and you know they were going through a difficult situation and they had asked to see Jesus and uh, he delayed in coming and you you're sitting here today and you're wondering why is Jesus not answering my prayer because this prayer is causing me so much grief this prayer is causing me so much tears i'm crying out to god and and and, and nothing seems to be happening i've been crying out to god you may be you may be in your spirit saying i've been crying out to god for years in this situation and nothing seems to be happening I, I want to tell you that just because god delays in answering prayer and just because the lord jesus christ delays in coming as he did in john chapter 11 I, I want to tell you that that doesn't mean he doesn't love you he loves you he loves you he he has a plan and he has a purpose and in the book of Job, chapter 33, we, we learn about Job and his suffering and his difficulties of life. Job suffered bereavement. He lost his family members. He suffered great bereavement. He was in great anguish. His physical health deteriorated. His mental health deteriorated. And when you read the Bible, I would encourage you to read the book of Job, and it's a very, very deep book to understand. But it's almost like you say, how, how can anyone suffer like this man? Everything seemed to happen at once. And sometimes life's like that, where one wave of God seems to hit you after the next. One thing happens, another thing happens, another thing's happened, and you feel quite distraught. Well, I want to tell you, God can speak into that situation. Jesus Christ can speak into that situation and, and heal you and deliver you and lift you out. Job suffered real anguish and real heartache in a way that I haven't experienced and probably in a way many of you haven't experienced because all these calamities seem to come at once and all these calamities seem to sweep over him. And he felt so, dis he felt so distraught he actually said, as maybe some of you have said, or maybe you're saying this today, he actually said, I wish I had never been born. Have you ever thought like that, honestly, before God? Are you thinking that just now? Life is so hard. This situation caused me so much tears. I cannot see a way out of this situation you know, Lord, it would have been better if I had never been born. I believe in your spirit. Many of you have said that. Sometimes I've felt like that, you know. But some, that's human feeling, isn't it? Human feeling, it's real. See, church, this isn't, the Word of God, the Word of God isn't counterfeit. I want to tell you, the Word of God this morning is real. It's real. It speaks into real life situations and situations where I, where, where I might say or, or someone would say or, you know, those, those that are pastors would say, you know, they go into situations of life and death and say, you know, what can I say in this situation? It's so hard to know what to say. You know, I can pray with people, I can speak to people, but what scripture do I talk to people? Do I say anything or do I say nothing? Some situations in life are just so hard, aren't they? But I, the, the message the Holy Spirit's given me today is that the Lord Jesus Christ can speak into your situation in ways that I 
I cannot find words. It is beyond me. It is, it's too wonderful for me, the ways of God. But God, in His providence, in His sovereignty, and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, through the Word of God, and, and I would encourage you, if, if you're a believer, just, you know, you need to spend time with this Word. And, you know, I heard recently, you know, pray with your Bible open. Pray with your Bible open, and it will change your prayer life. Because when you pray with your Bible open, just open to the Psalms or, or wherever and go through it, but pray with your Bible open, and as you pray to God, I believe by faith, God the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you. Give God the opportunity to speak. Yes, God can speak through the constraining influence of the Holy Spirit. God can speak to you through other believers, through the body of Christ, but pray with your Bible open and, and let the Spirit of God speak into your life. And if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ today, the Spirit of God can speak to you through the Word of God. So Job, in all his suffering, cries out about a man who's suffering so much. It says in Job 33, verse 22, his soul draws near to the grave and his life to the, the destroyers. Someone's soul, you know, they're feeling so much anguish or things are so hard from a health point of view or from a suffering point of view that this person feels they're drawing close to the grave. We're singing about Jesus who has victory over the grave. You need to know that today. Victory over the grave. He can call a, a, the man Lazarus who'd been dead three days. He can say, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus, come forth. And the Bible tells us that one who was bound in his grave clothes came, came out of the tomb. And Jesus said, loose him and let him go. Loose him and let him go. Loose him and let him go. You can be set free today by Jesus Christ. The things that bind you, the, the, the despair, the anguish, the anxiety, uh, the death, the grave, the illness, the family issues, the, the, the mental, emotional issues, the depressions, the anxieties, the things that hold us back, the things that affect us, the Lord Jesus Christ can call them forth. Lazarus, come forth. He can call it forth. It's a, it, he has the power by His Word and by His Spirit. Do we believe that? Do we believe that? We have to believe the Scripture. Job cries out in all his anguish. It, one of his counselors speaks to him in a situation. If there be a messenger with him, when you're in this situation of despair, when you're in this situation of of, of you don't know where to turn. If only there was a messenger, somebody with a message, somebody that could give me a message of hope. I've come here today, you're saying, I'm just looking for a message of hope, and I'm looking at the politics, and I'm looking at the world, and I'm looking at philosophy, and I'm looking at religion, and there's no hope in any of it. There's no hope. There's no truth. There's no life there's no reality. There's just lies and darkness 
and grave clothes and misery and hopelessness and despair. And one day you'll be, you'll be on a deathbed. I'm sorry if this sounds mournful, but one day you'll be on a deathbed and you'll be looking for hope. And you'll be saying, if only I had received that word. If only I'd received that message from God. If only I had believed when I had a chance. You see, salvation is of the Lord. Now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. And Job's comfort is saying, if only there was a messenger, an interpreter, somebody who could explain the way of God. Now, the messenger can be different people. The messenger today, God speaks through the Word of God and through the preaching of the Word of God, and the messenger can be a preacher through the Word of God. The messenger can be another believer who's spoken about Jesus to you and shared the Lord Jesus Christ with you. If only there was a messenger, Job 33, verse 23. If only there was somebody with a message. If only there was a message of hope. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's working through the room. Remember Remember the woman who lost the coin and she, what did she do, remember? Remember the story? The woman that lost the coin, what did she do? She lit the lamp, and she swept the room with the light. She swept the room with the light. God is sweeping this house just now through the Holy Spirit. The messenger is sweeping the house There's all different needs. There's all different issues. There's maybe somebody who's lost. The woman had lost the coin. When she found it and she swept the room with the light, she found the coin and she rejoiced. The parables tell us about being lost and we need to be saved. If you're here today and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you don't know God, I tell you in the authority of the Word of God, you are lost. But I tell you the the message, the good the good the messenger tells you the message is you can be found. You're lost, you're lost because of sin, but you can be found. You can be found by looking to that cross and believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. If only there was a messenger. When you look at the Bible, when you read from Genesis through to Revelation. God has sent messenger after messenger after messenger after messenger, and they all have the same message. The message is salvation in Jesus Christ. In the book of Genesis, after the fall of man, God God said that, that... you know, I was preparing this message on, on the Beatitudes and the need for salt. Salt's an interesting, so, you know, Jesus said to believers, or to the multitude, you're the salt of the earth. Because this message is for the earth, not just for this congregation. The Holy Spirit may sweep here, 
But they are, God is so powerful. I want to tell you, God is so powerful that the Holy Spirit is sweeping the globe just now. Isn't that awesome? People are preaching the Word of God, and the Holy Spirit is sweeping the globe. Salt. Salt suggests that if you're the salt of the earth, you know, you, you rub salt onto meat to purify it, to keep it from rotting, to keep it from going by. If believers are the salt of the earth, it, the implication or the presumption is that the world is bad, that the world is evil, that the world, that there's a sinful world, a fallen world, and it requires the salt of the church and the Holy Spirit to restrain the evil. That's the implication. That's the presumption. If we are salt, we need to purify. So, is this true in the Scriptures? Is this true as we read the Scriptures? We read Genesis. We read about the fall of man. We read about sin coming into the world. And as we go through the Scriptures, we come to Genesis chapter 6, and we, we meet Noah, a messenger. Noah the messenger. And Noah has a message, and Noah's message is this, that God is righteous and God is holy, and God is going to judge this world because of sin. And unless, you know, you come into the ark that I'm building that God's told me to make, unless you believe this message by faith and come into the ark, you'll be lost and God will judge you, but you need to come into the ark. And people laughed at him. And there's, you know, people, people yes, pre preaching does appear. The amazing thing is that God uses the foolishness of preaching to save those who believe. It's amazing how God uses the foolishness of someone standing here pointing towards a man who died on a cross, the Lord Jesus Christ, and saying to people, if you will believe that message, you'll be saved. And God, for thousands of years, has used the foolishness of preaching to save those who believe. So Noah had a message, and only eight people were saved. Only eight people were saved. But he was a messenger. And the interesting thing about, about Noah is that, you know, his, his son Shem, Ham, and Japheth and their wives, there was eight people, and there was a work to do for God, and they were all engaged in the work. But when you read Genesis chapter 6, the amazing thing about the whole story is that the Holy Spirit just seems to mention Noah. You know, and you think, but, but what about his, his wife and his family? Were they not involved in building this? Yes, they were. But the Holy Spirit it just seems to make, all the focus seems to be on Noah, which means rest. I think, if my memory serves me correct, I think it means rest. And you need, you and I need to find a resting place today. A resting place from anxiety, from stress, depressions, from bereavement. You need to find a resting place. And Noah means rest. And he was a messenger of God. And he, he st the Spirit still speaks through him. Isn't that amazing? Even though he's dead, he still speaks. Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Even though Noah is dead, he still speaks because the Spirit of Christ speaks through him. And remember, Noah did Noah not, in the time of Noah, the Lord Jesus Christ spoke to spirits that were imprisoned. And the Lord Jesus Christ speaks to people that are imprisoned, imprisoned by all this stuff imprisoned by it all. The Spirit of God speaks through Noah. So, yes, his family were, 
probably as equally involved as him in building this big ark, which was the salvation of the world at the time. And only eight people believed. Isn't that incredible? And he preached the message of the gospel. He preached righteousness. So why, so why you know, was, you know, God gave this man Noah a plan, a purpose, and a work to do. And everything seems to, in the Scripture, when you read Genesis chapter 6, it all seems to focus on this one man and the work he has to accomplish, he has to do. Can I suggest that what the Holy Spirit is saying is that, I want to tell you now what I think the Holy Spirit is saying is this, there is one man and he is supreme, he is preeminent, he is the name we sang about, there is no greater name than this man. And God's promises and God's salvation and God's deliverances and God's healing and God's work and everything about God focuses on this one man, this one man. And he's building this ark of salvation in the sense that those who put their faith and trust in him are going to be saved. And this one man had a plan that God revealed to him to do, a purpose that God revealed to him to do, and that was to go to the cross and die for you and to die for me. That was the work he had to do. I have a work to do, he always said. I have a work to do. My time has not yet come, but there was a time when his time had come. And he loved you so much, and he loved me so much that he fulfilled that work completely. He underwent the judgment of God. He bore our sin on his own body in a tree, and he purchased our salvation, and he purchased our healing, and he purchased our victory, and he purchased our conquering victory over death, hell, and the grave, and, and over the things that would drag us down, and the healing, and everything else that's involved in Calvary, and he purchased it. And I believe in Genesis 6, that's why the Holy Spirit is focusing on this one man and his work. So the question was, what, what, you know, the, the earth had become wicked because of sin, and Noah provided a solution. And then you kind of think, well, Noah provided the ark that saved eight people. And so when we read Scripture, we say, well, well, surely now, you know, Noah's got a new beginning. We've got eight people in a new earth, a new beginning. Surely, surely nothing can go wrong. But, but we've got a, a man, you know, we've got We've got people with sinful natures. And so what happens is that Noah plants a vineyard and he gets drunk in the Scripture. And then his son looks upon him in an immoral way and there's a curse put upon him. And when we look through the Scripture, things seem to get worse. And then we come to the, the Tower of Babel in Genesis 11 where God has says to people, you know, you know go, 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 go and multiply in the earth. Go, go and multiply in the earth and, and scatter through the earth. And the people decide to disobey God, build a high tower, and say they're going to ascend to where God is because human nature is rebellious. And, and I want to tell you that in our unredeemed nature, we have an unredeemed nature. We've got a redeemed nature as believers, but we've also got an unredeemed part to our nature. And the unredeemed part to our nature is rebellious. And we need to get it under the control of the Word of God and the Spirit of God, or it will kind of lead us to a kind of a ruin that will lead us to to things that aren't good. 
So God has had messages. If only there's a message. So God had Noah, and then God spoke through Abraham, and then God spoke through the prophets, this message of the gospel. God revealed his message to the kings in the Bible, to the righteous kings. And when you look at the situation with the kings in the Bible, all the, northern, all the people in the northern kingdom, the kings in the northern people, eh, kingdom, not one of them believed the message of God and were righteous. But a few kings in the southern kingdom believed God and they were righteous. Included in that was King David, and God locked his promises into the throne of David. And then finally, so God was promising all the way through the prophets, all the way through the scriptures. When you read your Bible, Genesis uh, to Malachi, Old Testament, God is promising that the messenger will come, the Lord Jesus Christ, and Christ came because God is true to his word. So Job cries out, if there be a messenger with him, an interpreter, one, one among a thousand. If, if, there, if there's this messenger and he's got to be someone very special, he's got to be one among a thousand. Can I ask you to, as believers today, what does Jesus really mean to you? What does he really mean to you? Is he one among a thousand? Is he the fairest of 10,000 to your soul? Would you rather have Jesus than anything else? Do we need to get more in love with Jesus this morning? Do we need to rekindle a fire of passion for Jesus this morning? Because I believe in the evangelical church, we need to rekindle a fire. We need to rekindle a fire. And Christine was praying with me earlier, and she was praying about fire, you know? And... Um, She's so praying about fire, that, you know, that the fire would fall and that the, that the fire would affect us. And, you know, the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, the Word of God is like fire. You know, like Jeremiah said it was like fire in his bones. It's, it, there's a fire in the Scripture. There's a passion. And in the evangelical church today, I believe that we need to get, we need to get that passion for Jesus rekindled. A passion for the Word, you know. A passion for the Word. We need that because, you know, we're in, an, we're in an impure world, as the salt suggests. And the salt says, you know, it has to always be, the salt has always has to be countering this impure world. The salt, the salt is white, and the salt of God's people is pure. And, you know, the salt, you know, one thing about salt is it's sprinkled from above. It comes from above. You sprinkle it on your food. And the salt of God's Word and the salt effect of the Holy Spirit that purifies you today, it comes from above. It comes from above. Salt is distinctive. If I was to give you a spoon of salt, if I was to go around here with a bag of salt and a spoon, and we all had a spoon of salt, we would quickly realize that there was something distinctive in, in, in happening in our mouth, that our taste buds, it's a very sharp, distinctive kind of taste. And that's what the Word of God, it does, and the message of Christ does. It's distinctive. So, Job says, if only there was one among a thousand to show unto man his uprightness, to show unto man his uprightness. God wants to teach him. We've mentioned this already, that the, the important thing about God's Word is the world wants peace, and you want peace, but you can't have peace without righteousness. And the Word of God this morning wants to show us something of God's righteousness, God's holiness. And God, God will forgive sin on the basis of what's right. God can justify people on the basis of what's right. And in the verse in Job in verse 24 goes on to say that a person in this situation of suffering, or even a person that feels the need to trust the Lord Jesus Christ as a Savior, or a person who's despairing, they need something of, of the grace of God 
uh, touching their life. The grace of God. And the grace of God means the grace of God is something we don't deserve. But when we believe God's Word and we believe the message of God, we receive God's grace into our life. And I, and I, I remember, you know, it's like, you, if you like acrostics or whatever, you call them the G-R-A-C-A. It's great riches at Christ's expense, grace. That's a good way of understanding it. We receive great riches into our life, spiritual riches, because Christ died on the cross for us. And we can receive that grace today by faith. That's the wonder of the gospel. God can be gracious and speak into your, your situation. And so it says, He is gracious unto him. And, and the message of grace is, um, deliver him from going down to the pit. Deliver him from death. Give, give this message of deliverance. Deliver him from this death. Deliver him from this situation. And the message in, in Job, this old book of Job, which is one of the oldest books of the Bible, written about the time of Abraham, which was something like 2,500 B.C., in the, in the Word of God in Job 33 verse 24, because we're, we're, we're looking for this messenger, we're looking for this answer to life's problems, we're looking for the peace that we're crying out for, we're looking for the answer to our suffering in our heart. And God says, God says in this old book of Job, written 2,500 BC, God says, I have the answer. And the message I have to proclaim to you today is God has the answer. God has the answer to sustain your Christian life through every situation you are going through. And you need to know that today. There's one in that furnace alongside you, and it's the triune God. The Holy Spirit just now, yeah, you're feeling things hard. Yeah, you're feeling difficult. The Holy Spirit is continually praying, interceding, groaning in your spirit. The Holy Spirit is continually groaning in your spirit and interceding before God. He is bringing that prayer to God the Son, who is the mediator, and God the Son is presenting that prayer to the Father. And the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have agreed to empower you, to empower you to live this Christian life despite what you're feeling. So, yes, complain to God. Yes, pour out your heart to God. Tell Him how you feel. He's able to deal with it. Job told Him how he felt. Tell Him exactly how you feel. All your emotion, get it out in prayer. Don't carry it. Don't carry all the emotion. Don't carry the burden. Jesus is a place of rest. Noah's name means rest. Go to the rest. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I shall give you rest. Christ can give you rest. Christ can give you rest. So go to him with it. So as a Christian, don't carry it. We're Christians in here, and we're carrying loads of stuff. We're carrying loads of stuff because we're not spending time with God. We're not spending time with the messenger. Spend time with the messenger. So God says, listen, I've got the answer. And God says in his book of Job 33, verse 24, this is a great verse. Meditate on it. Meditate on it. I've, I've come back to this verse. I've been thinking about it for about a month. And it's great. God says, I've got the answer. God says, you've got problems. You've got difficulties. The, the world's crying out for an answer. God says, I, I have found a ransom. I have found a ransom. God has found the answer, His Son giving His life for you. That is the answer. That is wisdom. That is the answer to life. That is the answer to your difficulties here today. And you need to know that, that God has found the answer. He's found 
Jesus is that ark. He's the place of refuge for you, and you need to go through that door. You need to go through that door into that place of refuge, and if you do that by faith, if you basically say, and how you do that is, because I need to explain how you do that, how you do that, how I did that was I said, God, I believe your word. God, I believe you're holy and righteous. God, I believe I've sinned against you. I believe Jesus died for me, and I receive him as my Lord and Savior. I urge you, I urge you to pray that prayer even, even now. Pray that prayer. Pray that prayer. If you feel the Holy Spirit convicting you, the messenger is here. There is a messenger here, and it's not the preacher. Take your eyes off the preacher. It's nothing to do with me. The messenger is the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. And the Holy Spirit will search your heart, and the Holy Spirit is saying, receive Christ, just believe he died for you, and you will receive everlasting life. You will receive everlasting life in Jesus Christ, and it will be the big, biggest, best decision you've ever made, and the joy of Christ and the peace of Christ will fill your heart, will fill your heart. And believers, you need to know that the Holy Spirit is here. He's a messenger. He knows your heartache. He knows your weeping. He knows your crying. He knows your difficulties. He knows what you need delivered from. And He will lead you to Christ as a place of rest, as a shadow of a great rock in a thirsty land, as, as, as the hiding place from the storm. Or if you, if you want a fiery furnace, he'll show you that Christ is in that furnace with you, and he is sustaining you. And Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are, is going to take you all the way through this life into glory because he, you are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. You're kept by his power. You're kept by his promise. You're kept by his word. And he will never go back in his word. He will never go back in his word. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And he can release you from sufferings. He can speak words of healing. He can do many things in amazing ways because he's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. But know this. If you're in church leadership and you need to know this, Christ has called you. Christ is sustaining you. Even though sometimes you feel it's that spiritual torment, you need to know in church leadership that Christ is sustaining you, that he's alongside you, that he'll, there's five never, it's not I will never leave you nor forsake you. The Greek is I will never, never leave you. I will never, never, never forsake you. There's five nevers in the Greek. There's one never in the English. You need to know that assurance and be comforted today if you need to find Christ. Receive him now by faith. All you have to do, he's near. He's near. Receive him by faith. And if you're a Christian, receive your rest in Jesus. He is your Sabbath. The Sabbath has now gone. It was ceremonial law. Christ is your Sabbath. Christ is your Sabbath. Enter into your Sabbath with belief, not unbelief. If you have unbelief, you won't enter into it, but by faith. By faith, lay hold of that rest. Lay hold of that rest. As Noah reached out and pulled the dove into the ark. He reached out and pulled that dove of the Holy Spirit into the ark. Believer, reach out just now. The Holy Spirit is hovering like a dove above you. Each one of you, the Holy Spirit is hovering like a dove. And John the Baptist saw it by faith, and by faith I see it. The Holy Spirit is hovering above your life like a dove. Reach out and pull 
embrace the Spirit of Christ. Pull the Spirit into the ark, and you will find peace. And the ark rested on a specific day. The ark rested on Mount Ararat when the storm had passed. Today, you can find that place, that mountaintop, that place of rest. And I can tell you, the storms of life will pass. Amen. Our God and our Father, we just pray that you'll take that word, which wasn't the word I had prepared. But I thank you, Lord, that the whole... You are faithful, O God. You are faithful to your word. Your your Holy Spirit moves and and does amazing things. I just pray that the Holy Spirit will come and just apply the word to our lives, that that any unbeliever here would would receive Christ as Savior by faith, and that any believer would enter into a new place of rest, a new mountaintop experience, a deliverance above the battles to a mountaintop place where they'll see clear blue skies and a shining sun and a place of rest and a place of healing. And I believe, Lord, that spiritually that we'll enter into that rest and we'll know and experience the freedom that we have in Christ. Loose the grave clothes and set him free was our chorus. May, may the bondages be set free as we know peace in Christ. Amen.